0: Would you please stand? Well, I guess this works. Then the, two, then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road. And now they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. 36, and just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened, he asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see that it is really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you, as you see that I do. As he spoke, I showed them his hands and his feet. All right, thank you, Gavin. Well, today we're talking about fear and you could see Gavin was not afraid. You may be seated. Thanks for doing that, Gavin. So today we're gonna uh, continue in our series look. And so you, If you were here last week, you'll remember that Pastor Jaron talked about a story that happened right after Jesus' death and resurrection, but the disciples did not know that Jesus had been resurrected yet. And so we're spending these couple weeks looking at the stories right after the resurrection because sometimes we can skip over these, but you know, there was a period of time after Jesus was resurrected, I mean, it was the the fullness, he had done it, he had defeated sin, he had defeated death. There was a moment where where that had happened, but even his closest followers didn't know it. They were unaware, they were still discouraged, they were still afraid, and so we're looking at those pictures and, and we're seeing from those stories just how much difference Jesus being alive means for us today about it. We're seeing just how much that means for us today. So if you were here last week, you know we talked about these two disciples who were leaving Jerusalem and they were on the road to Emmaus, okay? And as they walked on the road, Jesus came right there with them and began speaking with them. But they didn't recognize it was him. And they'd gotten almost all the way there and it was at that moment that Jesus revealed himself and they realized this is Jesus. So what do they do? they immediately turn right around and go back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples, to tell them that, hey, Jesus has risen. And so uh, we're we're about to hear what Jesus says when he gets in the room and and how he acts with the disciples. But before we do that, I want want us to stop, okay, and I want us to get a picture of what that room with these 11 disciples in it, what that room might have been like before Jesus showed up. Okay, I don't want us to rush. I don't want us to rush and say, hey, Jesus is here. He's saying, peace be with you. Look at my hands, look at my feet. We're gonna get to that. But there was a reality in that room before Jesus showed up that was not, it wasn't very pretty. Undoubtedly, I want you to know, undoubtedly these disciples were facing fear. Undoubtedly they were facing anxiety. I want you to think with me. Up to this point, they've heard that Jesus has been resurrected, but they don't know it. They haven't, they haven't spent that time with him. They haven't seen the, the, the hands. They've heard these disciples run back and to meet with the 11 in the room who are probably afraid for their lives. Can you imagine following someone for three years, giving your life to follow him, and then that person is killed? That person is not just killed, he's killed publicly, and and people are shouting for him to be killed, so much so they say, hey, we'd rather have Barabbas, who we know is a criminal, we'd rather have him live than Jesus live. That's the person you've been following, that's the person you've been walking with. But there's gotta be even more than that. Even if they don't get killed like Jesus did, they left their careers. They left their homes. They gave up three years of their life to follow Jesus and yet now, here he is, he's dead. Many of the things they had hoped and dreamed for had certainly, in their own hearts, had died too. In this room was undoubtedly, even though they'd heard of the resurrection, there may have been some thoughts going around that that maybe he he has been raised and, and they'd heard from Mary but they hadn't seen him. That's that's the type of room they were in. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of anxiety. And I want you to know today, we all have reasons. Everybody in this room has reasons to have fear and anxiety. Everybody in this room, we all have reasons that we can be afraid, that we can experience anxiety. And you know, to a certain extent, fear and anxiety are good and, and things that we need to have. For instance, um, you need to be afraid of just jumping into the ocean without a life jacket and having a boat speed up, right? You shouldn't do that. So We need to be afraid of certain situations because that helps keeps us safe. And you know, anxiety at times, that's what helps me get my homework done. Anxiety can actually be good. It's like, oh man, I got this assignment due Monday, I better start now. So it's not that there's not a good place for fear and anxiety, but the reality is, Fear and anxiety can get way out of hand in our lives if we're not careful. And so today when we talk about fear and anxiety, I just want to point out real quickly, I'm not talking about anxiety disorders, okay, because we're gonna be using that word a lot and I know there, there are actual diagnosable things where people struggle with anxiety and they can't even place why and, and there, are, there are disorders with that and, and that's not what I'm talking about. So I just wanna, I wanna make sure that you're aware of that. I'm not saying Jesus can't help with those things, but I'm talking about the anxiety that every person in this room has experienced and if we're not careful, we can allow it to control our lives. So. We're talking about fear and anxiety. Everybody in this room has reasons to fear, but, but what I wanna point out, and what's something you may or may not have thought, at, thought about is what you look at, what you focus on to a great, I mean, in a great, great way, determines how much fear and anxiety you're gonna experience in your life. What you look at, what you focus on, is going to determine, in large part, how much fear and anxiety you face in your life. Let me just give you a real quick example. Um, So has anyone here ever seen Shark Week? Anyone here ever heard of Shark Week? Okay, so, so wow, not, not very many of you. So it, it was a, it's a program that comes on one week a year, and it's called Shark Week, and, and all they do is they show videos of sharks. It's people who, they, they work all year to get these videos of sharks doing things, and they have these investigations on them. They'll, they have people go down in cages and look at the sharks, and they report on shark bites, and they, they put together all sorts of different cool scenes. And, Growing up, I never had cable, so I never had access to Shark Week. But once Alyssa and I got married, we would start watching Shark Week. It was something we, we really looked forward to. So um, it just so happened that one year, Shark Week fell right before our beach vacation. Okay? We are going to Florida, but Shark Week was on the week before. And so didn't think about it at all. I'm like, hey, let's just watch Shark Week all week. And so we're watching it. And I want to tell you something about Shark Week. It's funny, you think, you know, hearing and seeing all these sharks would make you afraid, but it really, for me, it did the exact opposite. Because as you're reading and as you're watching and seeing all these facts come on the screen, I began to realize that a lot of my fear for sharks was was out of place. I didn't realize how rare shark attacks are. Did you know that only one person dies every two years in the United States from a shark attack? That's half a person a year. Most shark attacks aren't fatal. Right, you see what I'm saying? It's nothing to be afraid of. Like, I'd have more chance of dying, walking back to the car if there was a lightning storm. I have a better chance of getting hit by lightning than I do being bit by a shark. So I would go to the beach and all of a sudden I had this newfound confidence of swimming, saying, hey, if a shark does eat me, it just must be my time, because it's so rare. It's just, it's nothing to worry about. And so we were out at the ocean and we were there all week and we were just having so much fun. And you know, I was going way out and I was looking, you know, going to the sandbar looking for stuff and swimming, just enjoying myself. And about day three or four, I noticed that Alyssa is not having the same experience as me. She's only going out to about waist deep and she's never been this way before. Like she's not wanting to go out in the waves. She's not wanting to go out in the sandbar. And so I'm, I'm trying to get her to come out, and she's not saying anything. She's saying, oh, maybe later I'll come out there with you. Um, I'm good right here, right now. I'm just gonna enjoy myself. And then finally, I got to a point where I asked her, I said, wait, Liz, are, are you afraid of sharks? And the first thing he said was, shh, don't tell my brother-in-law, because he, would, he would've gave her a hard time, my brother-in-law. But she's like, don't tell, but yeah, I'm a little afraid. And, and so, what's funny is like, this is, I put these pictures up here. When I'm in the ocean, this is what I picture of a shark. You guys ever heard that baby shark tune? You know, baby, They're just cute now. I'm not afraid of them anymore. But here's what Alyssa sees when she thinks about going out in the ocean. That's, what she, that's the picture in her mind because Shark Week left an imprint. And what's amazing is Alyssa and I watched this exact same program all week. We would just watch these things. But we came out with two very different responses based upon what we focused on. She focused on how bad it would be if she was to be bit by a shark. How bad it would be if she was one of the ones that got bit. I focused on the complete opposite side of that, right? Like, I would think to myself, the chances of me getting bit are nothing. And and so for me, it actually relieved fear and anxiety. For Alyssa, it actually increased her fear and anxiety of being in the water. All based upon what we looked at. But now I wanna, let's apply this to everyday life. Now I'm gonna start with young people. Young people, this may hit home for you, but I've read several studies that talks about how teens, their anxiety is at the highest right after they get off social media. Young people, it's because you're looking at other people and they have a fear of missing out. They didn't get enough likes on a picture so they have this anxiety, do people really like me? Do people accept me? Right when they get off of it, it says their anxiety level is the highest. Why? Because they've been looking at all these other people's lives. I wonder if my life will ever be that way. And you know what? I don't think that's just limited to teens. We can get on and we can look at other people's lives and start to doubt ourselves, start to feel pressure on ourselves. Like will I ever become the person I thought I was gonna be? We can compare ourselves. It's gotten to the point where teens, uh, when you read interviews, they won't even post a picture unless it's filtered over and over and over. And every time I see an impromptu picture, I, I kid you not, it seems like whenever a teen shows me an impromptu picture of someone else, they'll say, I know this isn't a great picture of so and so. There's nothing wrong with the picture, it's just not filtered. It's just not all dollied up because we're so worried about what other people think about us. It creates this fear, it creates this anxiety. And, and it happens for adults too, right? We, can, we have fears, we have things that create anxiety. We have a fear of failure. Like we're, sometimes we won't do things just because we're afraid if we do them and fail, what the, what'll happen, what people will think about us. We're afraid, um, we're, we're afraid that other people won't like us if we do certain things, so we don't do those things. We're afraid if we say certain things, people, they'll, they'll change the way they treat us, so we don't say certain things. And like I said before, to have fear and anxiety to a point is good and normal, right? It's what keeps us safe. But what isn't good is when we let our fears and anxiety begin to control us. And that's exactly what can happen. Now you may be sitting here and you may say, it doesn't control me. This message, I know it's important for some people, but fear has no place in my life. Fear does not control me, I do things I'm not afraid. And I said, that may be true, but I have one question, one more question to ask you before you make that verdict. How many people would you tell about Christ if you had no fear in the way they would respond to you? Now, does that number match how often you're telling people about Christ? Maybe fear does have a little bit of control over us. See, I was the same way. I really thought fear didn't have a place in my life until I began to look at the fact that I believe in a savior. I believe that people need this savior. His name's Jesus. I believe he, he, the whole world needs to hear about him, but what I found was I was thinking about him a whole lot more than I would talk about him And it wasn't because I didn't believe it, but it was because I was afraid of what other people would think of me if I began to share my faith. I was afraid that they would shut me out. I was afraid that they would treat me different. And when I began to share my faith, I'll tell you, some of those fears were actually realized. There were a few people who treated me differently. But what I also found was I was missing out on the blessing because I'd let that fear control me because there were people who needed to hear it. There were people who needed to be encouraged. So fear, if we're not careful, fear and anxiety can limit us. They really can. And there's something else I want you to know that fear can do. We live in an extremely critical society. I don't know if you've recognized this. If you you ever get on Twitter, Okay, you'll know, and if you don't know what Twitter is, you're blessed, okay. If you get on there, you'll know that it seems like whenever someone posts something, everybody looks for the negative in it. We live in a critical society, so what's happened is, there becomes a natural fear in us to not say, or do, or post anything that isn't mainstream. Because if you, if you break out of that mainstream, people are going to attack you. And so you may say things at home in private that you would never say at work because you're worried about the, what, what others are gonna think about you. But here's the thing. And you may need to write this down. If you're afraid of what others think of you, if you let that control you, you will never be yourself. If you let the fear of what other people think about you control you, you'll never be the real you. And see, this happens. This happens not just to young people. It happens to us as adults. We go to work, and there are huge areas of our lives that we can just pretend aren't there or hide because we're afraid of what people might say if they began to see the real me. And and as we do that, what happens is people don't know the real me. And then we can have relationships where it's like people know part of me, but but I've never opened up and shared with them who I really am. See, God doesn't want you to be controlled by fear. He doesn't want me to be controlled by fear. See, these disciples, I'm telling you, if they didn't have their fears dealt with, there's no way the things we read about in Acts where the story of Luke continues would have ever taken place. There's no way. If they were controlled by fear, if they let this anxiety get the best of them. So what happens when Jesus shows up on the scene? I'm gonna tell you, right away, he confronts the issue, okay? And the issue with fear, the issue when we're being controlled by fear, is that we're missing out on faith in some areas. Fear and faith work together. We're going to talk about that more. So, so Jesus comes in because, you, you, maybe you know this verse, the righteous live by what? They live by faith, not by fear. We're not controlled by fear. We're, we're, we're controlled by faith. Our faith compels us to do things that we wouldn't do otherwise. So when Jesus shows up, he increases their faith. He faith increases their faith. That's what he does when he shows up. But I want to I show you how he does that. He does it in two powerful ways. The first thing is this. When Jesus shows up in this story, he gives them peace. And that's what he does to us. When we're afraid, when we're under anxiety, Jesus wants to give us peace. In verse 36, the very first thing he says is, peace be with you. He appears and he says, peace be with you. And this isn't the first time Jesus talked about peace. One of my favorite passages um, is John 14, 27. And here's what Jesus says. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. So here's, here's what I wanna point out from this verse. First is this, peace, peace, real peace, is a gift from God. It's a gift that Jesus has given you, which means two things, one, you don't have to earn it, and two, it cannot be taken away based upon your circumstances. What it means is if Jesus gives us peace as a gift, who can take away what God has given us? Can any circumstance take away your salvation? No, the enemy can't take away your salvation. So then, can any circumstance, or can the enemy come and steal our peace? See, it's a gift, he's given it to us. And and what's so important is he says, it's not as the world gives. I'm giving you my peace, but it's not as the world gives. So how does the world give peace? Pretty simple. The world's peace is based upon circumstances. And, and I wanna be clear, you may have some times in your life where you feel peace even without God, but let me tell you, if your peace is tied to your circumstances, you will live a lot of your life without peace. Because there may be times when you say, hey, I've got a good job and money, that's helping provide peace for me and security. I've got a good relationship, things are going good now, that's providing peace for me, that's making me happy, I'm, I'm at rest, things are going good. But all it takes is for one thing to rock the boat, and that peace is gone because peace that is based upon circumstances will not last. It will come and it will go. And see, the peace that Jesus gives is on the other end of the spectrum, where the world gives peace that is totally reliant on your circumstances, Jesus gives peace that has nothing to do with your circumstances. It has nothing to do with your circumstance at all because it's all about inward. See, it's about our heart. It's about how we can be going through a storm and how Jesus was just asleep in the back of the boat. He's saying, that's my peace, I'm gonna give that to you. And now that doesn't mean that there is no, that doesn't mean there's no worry. That doesn't mean there's not things that we continually take to God in prayer. That's not what he's saying, but he's saying, underlying all of this, there's a peace, there's a rest. Because we know when anxiety and fear grip, the first thing that they take is your peace. See, peace and anxiety, they, they, they just can't live together. If anxiety controls you, then peace doesn't. And I'll tell you, I make different decisions when my heart is at peace. Than when I do, than I do when my heart is in a storm. It's just being blown about. I make different decisions. I live differently. See, if I'm at peace, let's go back to talking about sharing our faith. If I'm at peace and I'm at rest, it's a lot easier for me to share my faith, right? And we've probably all had these moments where we wanna share our faith with someone and the the, the moment's coming when we were gonna talk to them about something and you feel the anxiety rise. And and see, I'm not saying that there won't be nerves, but what I'm saying is there can be an underlying peace that surpasses understanding It doesn't rely on our circumstances. It's a gift from God, and we're no longer going to let circumstances rob us of that peace. We're not going to let it take it. And so when we go through things that can take our peace, it's important for us to remember and just thank God for it. It's important for us to remember that, hey, this peace comes from God. Even though I'm in the midst of this crisis, God, I'm trusting you to give me peace. Pray for it. ask for him. God, I need peace in this situation. That doesn't mean there won't be concern. Okay, I wanna be clear. It doesn't mean there won't be, even at times, uh, a, a godly worry about things where we, where we have to persevere in prayer. But it means that even through it, I have an underlying peace. So that's what Jesus does the first thing, right? He comes and he releases his peace. But the second thing Jesus does, and this is what he wants to do with us when we're, when we're in just underneath that anxiety and fear, he reveals his power. See, Jesus comes, he gives them his peace, but he also reveals his power. Let's look at verses 38 uh, and 40. Jesus says this, why are you frightened? Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. And as he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. He asked us, I love that he just asked these questions that he already knows the answer to. He says, why are you frightened? He knows. Why do you doubt? He knows. And it's almost like he's appealing to their circumstances and saying, you have, I know all the things that happen. I know there's people who would kill you. I know there's people who don't like you. I know you're worried about your future, but I'm still gonna ask you, why are you afraid? Because look at my hands. Look at my feet. Look what I've done for you. And see what Jesus wants to remind them, he wants to remind us today that no matter what we're going through, we're never going to face anything that Jesus does not have power over, that he has not already won victory over, and he's never gonna let us go as we go through it, ever. He he won't let us go. And so he's saying, yeah, I know about those things, but look at my hands, look at my feet. Even death, even death could not stop me. It could not stop me. It could not stop my power. They nailed me to a cross. I died. They, They sealed the tomb, and here I am again. So... Why are you afraid again? Why do you doubt? Look at my hands, and it says he's showing them. He wants them to see that even death bows before him. And you know what, the the things that are creating the storms in your life, they bow before him too. Whatever it may be, sickness, it bows before him. I I mean, the, the, the broken relationships, you know what, that we feel like we can never be mended, if we bow before him, God can do things that we could never do. The things in our life that drive us to be afraid, that drive us, that lead us to this anxiety and allows it to control us, God's saying, I have power over that. And what he's showing them is that when we allow fear to control us, it's not a circumstances problem. It's not a circumstance problem, It's it's a faith problem. See, faith and fear are on a spectrum. Faith and fear are on a spectrum. Let me just give you an example. Um, imagine there's a bridge. There's a bridge over this great rushing water and I know if I fall in this water, I won't survive. If I fall, there's no way I'll make it. I-, I will drown. So, I have no faith in my ability to swim, so it all comes down to do I have faith in the bridge or not? If I have faith in the bridge, I drive or walk across it confidently without even considering the water below, without even wondering what would happen if I fell in because I have faith in the bridge. If I don't have faith in the bridge, you will not be able to get me across that thing. If I don't have faith in the bridge, if if, if I'm forced to go on it, I'm gonna be totally just filled with fear the entire time. It's gonna control me and, and because all I'm gonna think about is what's below, what happens if I fall. See, this is how faith and fear are on a spectrum. If you have faith in God's promises, it will relieve fear of what could happen if he doesn't come through. If you have faith in God's promises, it'll relieve the anxiety of all the unanswered questions about your future or your relationships or family. It'll relieve those things. Now, as I said before, it doesn't mean those are no longer concerns, but it means we have faith that God is who he said he is. He's going to do what he said he's going to do, and we can trust him. So that means I will walk out where he says to go. I will follow him because he's going to come come through. See, God wants us to live by faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says this, It's a great verse to to memorize. For we live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. I'm gonna jump back to my story a little bit about Alyssa and and myself and and the sharks. What what I began to find out about Alyssa is she only won't go out into the deep water if, if she can't see. See, we would go snorkeling and stuff, and she said, if I have goggles on, If I could just put my head under the water and I can see, I'm fine. And I'm like, what are you gonna do if the shark comes? You know, but we're not gonna go over that. So what if you see it coming? But it doesn't matter, okay? She says, if I can see, it changes things. And so we, even after this came, and she's afraid to go out over her waist, we went snorkeling over a reef that is so deep they don't even know the, the exact depth this coral reef, I mean we're out in the middle of the ocean and she's not afraid, well she did get a little afraid after the person said, hey we might see a shark here. I was like, why would you say that lady? Like, Okay, but, but there, she wasn't afraid to go because she could see, because she could look down. And I think that's how a lot of us wanna be too. That's how I wanna be. I wanna be able to see everything and know it's coming and then say, God sure, I'll trust you because I see. God, I know you're gonna take care of this because I see it. See, I'm looking under the water, I can see, and that's how we wanna be with God. Lord, I'm worried about this only because I don't know how it's gonna end up, but as soon as you show me, I won't live in fear of it anymore. But see, that's not how we're called to live. He says we don't live by sight, we live by faith. And so that means, God, I don't see it all, but I'm gonna trust you. God, I can't see everything underneath I can't see all the ways that this might work out, and that could cause me anxiety, but I'm just gonna have faith. I'm just gonna trust you. I'm just gonna trust that your promises are true, and that where I can't see, you know where to go. And this is why, this is why it's so important that we get in God's word. This is why it's so important that we get into God's word, because you know, he reveals so much about himself, so much, he, he is so big. He reveals himself in so many ways. And you know what, we don't even know all the ways that we can trust him. Until we get into his word, we, don't, we didn't know that God, God was trustworthy to deliver us. We didn't know that God, we could trust in him to save us. We didn't know that we could trust him through sickness and through trial. You want a challenge? This is a uh, challenge to increase your faith. I need, I'd challenge you to read a psalm every day this week and underline every single thing in there it says about God, one psalm a day, and just think about how you can trust God with that. See, as you read through and you find out that he's a redeemer, maybe you say, man, he could redeem my lost child. When you you read about how he's a savior, you could think about yourself or those those who have walked away. When When you hear about him as a shepherd, you could say, I can trust him to lead me. And see, he reveals us, these things to us because he wants us to have faith in him. He doesn't leave us blind. See, we're, we're not to walk by sight. We're supposed to walk by faith. But even in that, God has not left us blind. He has said, this is who I am. This is what I'm like. You can trust me. So as we, as we shared at the beginning, everyone has a reason to have fear and anxiety. We do. But Jesus wants us He wants to give us peace, and he wants us to know his power, but like we talked about at the beginning, we have to change our focus. We have to change our focus a little bit from fear to faith, because fear always asks, I I want you to think about this with me just for a second. Fear always asks the negative questions like the bridge example, what if this bridge collapses? That's a negative question. What if no one likes me? That's a negative question, that, 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 that brings fear. What if my child walks away from God? What if my child never comes back to God? What if I try this thing and I fail? Those are the kind of questions that fear and anxiety ask. And, and I want you to think, who could ask those kind of questions and not begin to feel the fear and anxiety, right? When you ask those kind of questions, you start asking, what if all these things that could go wrong do? That's exactly what anxiety is, that's what it does. But faith takes the exact same situations and asks a different question. Instead of saying, what if no one likes me? That's what fear says. Faith says, what if today I get to be a friend to somebody? What if today God uses me to help someone else? Fear says, "What what if my child walks away from God? Faith asks the question, What if I train up my child in the way that they should go and they don't depart? Fear says, what if my child never comes back to God? Faith says, what if today's the day they come back? I'm gonna pray that way, I'm gonna live that way. Fear says, you can't ask your coworker, you can't tell your coworker about Christ or ask him to come to church. What if they say no? Faith says, what if today's the day they, their name gets written in the book of life? See, fear and faith, they're asking two totally different questions. And so part of the way we can change our focus is just to ask and look at what kind of questions we're asking of our day. What if we went into tomorrow with faith? What if I said, what if tomorrow's a day God uses me? What if tomorrow's a day where things get better in this situation? I'm gonna pray that way. I'm not gonna live in fear and constantly ask myself, what if things get worse? You know what, things could get worse. But Jesus will sustain us. So even in those situations, faith can say, what if God uses this bad situation to work out good? What if he turns around these circumstances and somehow his name gets glorified, even though I don't see how that could happen right now. He wants us to live by faith. And I want you to know, he doesn't just call us to live this way, he gives us the power to do it. Later on in this passage, he tells them, hey, wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit you're gonna receive. And when they received the power of the Holy Spirit, these disciples lived fearless. They went out, they would go preach, and then they would get beaten, and then they would go preach again. In fact, there's one time where Peter, he was preaching, he gets thrown in jail, and an angel sets him free and says, hey, I want you to go back to the temple, I want you to preach again. That's crazy, don't do that, but he was fearless. See, the Holy Spirit gave him something where he was able to step out and do things that fear would have held him back beforehand. And so today, as as the band comes up and we prepare to close, I just want to leave three things on your mind as, as we're gonna sing a song together. First is this. Peace from Jesus, and we already talked about it, but it doesn't rely on our circumstances. So right now, today, if you don't have peace, did you know that Jesus left it as a gift with your name on it. That's an inheritance you have from him. He said, I'm going away but my peace, I'm leaving you as a gift and it's not as the world gives. You can receive his peace. You can receive his peace from certain situations but you know what else? You can receive his peace. You can receive his peace as far as salvation. You can know that you have eternal life. You can know that that there's peace between me and God. If you haven't settled things with God, what better day than today? To just receive Christ. Turn from your sin and say, Lord, I'm gonna follow you now. And you can receive his peace in circumstances, but you can receive peace with God. Jesus made a way for that. But two, power from Jesus is not limited by your circumstances. So his peace doesn't rely on our circumstances, but his power isn't limited by your circumstances. You can begin to ask faith questions in, in, the, in the midst of your circumstances and begin to look at things differently. God will carry you through. And the final thought is this, and this is so good. Think of Jesus showing his hands and feet. It's almost like he's trying to say, listen, even if it's the worst case scenario what you're going through, what happened to me wasn't the end. What you're going through won't be the end of you either. We don't have to live in fear. Even the cross and the grave wasn't the end of Jesus. What you're going through won't be the end of you either. Jesus can carry you through. So if today, if you want to pray, if you want to ask God for his peace or get things right with God or, or just pray and trust him and his power to work or just maybe you haven't seen how things could get better and you want to pray, We're gonna have a time now where you can come to the altars. So Lord, we ask that you would lead and guide in this time. And Lord, that you would help give peace to each person in this place. We love you in Jesus' name.